0: The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Ten minutes after 8. Uh, I just want to recap some of the SMSs we received early on. We didn't have time to read all of them, but you did write in about uh, the mining issues and also about protests around the country. Uh, Bongo in case says, I have to agree with your uh, guest, Franz Baleni from NUM. Mine workers work under dire conditions in grave danger in the face of death. Twelve and a half thousand and more. And more is well deserved And Edward in Cape Town. Says as the band Queen, sang, I want it all and I want it now. On protest, 24 hours of protests that we've seen around the country. Uh, Jeff and PE says when you promise what you cannot deliver, because the gravy train is so good, expect heartburn. Mamfene in Pretoria, violent protest is how the people express anger back in the 1980s. It brought apartheid government to its knees. I guess it's tried and tested strategies they ignore at their own peril. Martha says, think about how you vote, Fighter Mamela, which is Fighter, generally how EFF members uh, greet each other. Fighter Mamela says, those protesters simply means that this autocratic government has failed its people and are signs of a rebellion. Spior and KZN, it's okay for communities to protest for service delivery, but self-defeating for them to call for boycott of elections. Political education is needed, saying Spior. Martha, of course, said, think about how you vote. And and Soweto saying, protesters must stop vandalizing properties. Blocking roads, but march to ANC head office in town if they are serious about service delivery. Thank you very much for your SMSs, your Facebook comments, and your tweets this morning. If you'd like to do the same, here's what we're talking about now on the forum, date as we enter into the discussion on cyber crime. we're told... It's a national crisis, apparently costing South Africa around a billion rand every year. The FBI in the United States listing us as the sixth most active country for cybercrime, but anecdotally some would refer to us much higher on that list. In two to three years, some estimate that the proceeds from cybercrime would outweigh those from all other forms of crime combined. Informal consensus, again, saying that South Africa could, in fact, rank third in terms of cybercrime in the world behind Russia and China, who are at the forefront of this. Uh, and that was uh, the head of uh, business and crime forensic at Werkmans, Dave Loxton, who told uh, reporters sometime late last year. Well, now today, the sixth military information communications technology symposium takes place in Pretoria in South Africa. And so we're asking, has this rapid access and 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 gain to internet activity made you vulnerable to cyber attack? That's our question on the forum at 8. How have you gone about social media and the like? And have you made yourself more vulnerable to that cyber attack? Why are we losing so much money online? 34701, if you'd like to ask us any questions, pose any comments to us as well on Twitter and Facebook. AM Live on SAFM is our Twitter and Facebook handle. Email us this afternoon am live at safm.co.za and give us a call right now 0891104208. Let's introduce our panel of guests. I've got Aubrey Labusakni, who's a researcher for the, from the Cyber Defence Group. He's attending that symposium. Aubrey, good morning. Thanks for your time. And we just lose him. As, Aubrey, hi. Are you still there? Okay, I think now we've definitely lost Aubrey's line. We'll try to get, uh, Aubrey back on the line. Now, I'm not sure who we still have on the line. Let's, uh, try to get them on. Uh, Aubrey, are you there? Hi, Aubrey. Uh, good morning,
1: Dasha. How are you doing?
0: Hi, is, is that Ignis? Hi,
1: Hi. how are you?
0: Hi, Ignis. Uh, Ignis, thanks so much for joining us. And, and, uh, I think Ignis Swart, uh, if, if you are, if you are the one saying hello, I think you're the CD Information Security Researcher at, uh, CSIR. Is that right, Ignis?
2: That's correct, yes. I'm joined okay. here by Aubrey. Uh, You're on the same
0: line. Okay, so both of you are, are, are sitting next to each other. Aubrey Labuskakny, once again, a researcher at the Cyber Defense Group. Aubrey, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank
1: you.
0: Cesar Snell also joins us on the line. He's an attorney and member of the National Cybersecurity Advisory Council. He joins us uh, from our Hatfield Studios in Pretoria. We'll connect with him shortly. But Aubrey and uh, and Ignis, once again, thanks so much for joining us. Really, where, where should we start this discussion? Is it you know, about talking about our own personal security or the threats that are coming in from, from outside?
2: Well, I think uh, they're all connected, so it doesn't really matter where you start because... Uh, you and your neighbour and everyone else security adds up to all of our security. So it's uh, you can basically spell wherever you want. Mm.
0: Well let's let's start with the threats then. Where are the threats coming from? Because you know, when when you list South Africa, for example, on the FBI's database with cybercrime, it sounds like it's a South African problem, it's a homegrown problem. But the internet allows us to, to launch attacks from anywhere in the world. So is this a South African problem, Aubrey?
1: Uh, no. I would say that's a worldwide problem. Um, everybody um, uses the same technology. Everybody um, is affected by the same threats. Uh, hence, I don't see it as just a South African problem. It's a worldwide problem.
0: And I believe we're now joined by uh, Cisweth Snell, an attorney and member of the National Cybersecurity Council. Mr. Snell, good morning. Thanks for your time
3: hi good morning how are you
0: doing we're doing very well this morning we're, we're just entering into this discussion around cyber security and, and and cyber crime and asking the question if it really is a South African problem it's being painted as one if we look at the you know the, the readings of, of, of research around the world but you know in, in your mind is this a South African problem
3: I think cyber crime is an international problem um, Africa in particular has become vulnerable due to our own economic disparities and and people really wanting to uh, go after money and stuff. But I think the stats are a bit blown up. um, Today it's South Africa in the forefront, tomorrow it's Nigeria, the next thing is the Ukraine. So I think the the stats are not very accurate, but cybercrime is generally a problem worldwide.
0: Mm, Do you you think, uh, Mr. Snell, we're we're under more... Um, cyber crime, uh, or we're under more of a of a target for cyber crime syndicates because of what critics are saying that our law enforcement has been papered, in, we have what what some even call a lawless society. Low chances of being arrested and unsuccessful convictions.
3: Well, you know, cyber criminality is, is is a problem in terms of investigating it and and getting the evidence and and, and getting it to court. Yes, maybe we do have a couple of uh, problems in terms of manpower and in terms of the, the people who have expertise to go and actually go and, and, and prosecute and investigate these types of things. But um, I think we are slowly catching up with what's happening in the world.
0: Aubrey Labiskakny, I mean, is it South Africans that are entering into these syndicates or are foreigners uh, you know, using the opportunity of, of our lax laws on this to enter the country and, and, and you know, act opportunistically, criminally?
1: Well, I think um, it's actually a bit of both to a certain extent. Um, there's opportunities um, that criminals from outside of South Africa can use in uh, infrastructure and um, the South African I wouldn't call it like uh, the, 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 I want. Lack of expertise to a certain extent to actually, like like the uh, like uh, as said, in terms of prosecuting um, the criminals if they get caught.
0: And and your thoughts on this, uh, Mr. Swart?
1: Well, like
2: like both my colleagues said, it's an international problem. South Africa is doing a lot to try and combat this. Um, if you check the world rankings on this recent report on cyber readiness, South Africa counts actually you know one of the rank countries. Yes, there are countries doing more than us, but there's definitely countries doing far less than us. So it's definitely an international problem and not just South
0: Africa. Well, let's talk about what we're doing now, and I'll invite callers as well if you'd like to talk to us. 0891-104-208. We'll open up the lines now. Uh, Mr. Labe-Skakne, you sit on the Cyber Defense Group, and you're a researcher there. What does that entail, and what are they doing to help protect us?
1: Well, basically, my, my focus is social media, so I look at the threats originating from social media, and I also look at security awareness, uh, which is then basically educating users not fall prey to cyber criminals' tactics, basically. Um, we also have a, a wide variety of other um, uh, focus areas, that, if you can call it like that, that then addresses the other type of cyber crimes that one can encounter um, you know, on the, the digital platforms.
0: And, and, and you, Mr. Swartz, uh, you sit at, at CSIR. I know the Cyber Defense Group is, is, in a way, set up by the CSIR. Your relationship with this?
2: Well, I'm more on the technical side of things, um, trying to understand how the attacks work, actually reverse engineering some of the malware, gaining the skills and actually disseminating it to different parts of both the military, the police, whoever else requires it.
0: And, and you, Mr. Snail, how do you fit into uh, the, the S- National Cyber Security Advisory Council?
3: Well, I'm 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 not actually at liberty to 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 discuss the workings of, of the National Cyber Advisory Council, but what I can say is that there, there is a national cyber security framework, in terms of which government is now has now a policy on on its approach to to cyber security, uh, and and basically what we do as a council is advise the the minister on on threats, on trends, and and anything relating to cyber security that may be of interest to the country.
0: 34701, if you'd like to write in your SMS's tweet or Facebook us on AM Live on SAFM. One of the, well, ironically, we mentioned Twitter and Facebook, but social networking, social media is one of the ways that, that we open ourselves up to attack. Is that not right, Mr. Loboskekne? Uh
1: That is correct. Um, the amount of information that we actually um, share on these uh, platforms allows subcriminals actually to, to do profiling and, 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 you know, target us uh, by, by what we share on these platforms.
0: Such as what information?
1: Well, some people actually share, like, the physical address, um, telephone numbers, um, email addresses. Um, all these um, information can actually be used to, to specifically target you. Um.
2: It might sound silly, but as always, explaining, there's uh, that, that little bit of information... Uh, just a curious example, if I send you an email and I just send you a normal email, just you know, click on this link, chances that you will actually click on it is basically about 3%. As soon as I include some personal information from you, say where you bank or you know what car you drive or anything like that, that rockets up to about 70%. So, so it's very effective.
0: And, and of course that information they find by sifting through our Facebook accounts, our Twitter accounts. Of course. Yes. Now, now why is it that we feel... Almost as though our security is different when it's online to, you know, when we meet someone face-to-face. We wouldn't divulge some of this information, you know, face-to-face with someone or even on the streets. But, you know, we seem to be willing to do it just because there's a message box that says, don't you want to write your address here and and other information?
1: I agree. Um, I think uh, a lot of people are are ignorant in terms of they don't understand actually the potential threats that social media sites like Facebook actually has. Um, it's, it's basically a duality It, it has got advantages But cybercriminals uh, Is actually focusing on the, the other side the, the darker side of, of social media
0: Ignis, so, I'm, I'm sure you hear People who say, you know, why, why would they want to Hack me though, so I mean I can put this information on I'm, I'm not a target There's millions of people online Why would they focus on me, here in South Africa In some tiny part of the country
2: I really wish I could show you a nice little uh, and it's Just a nice little picture right now um, it's Maybe you can on tweet those, it to us our blogs. If, uh, Even if you have nothing to hide Your computer is a resource Now if you allow me access to that resource I can use it to compromise more machines You understand? So mm. your security can compromise basically your neighbor's security And etc. etc. It, it, it basically works like that and Remember you're working at a company So if your security is lax you know, No matter what your company do You're basically the easy way in
0: well, Ignis, I'm going to ask you again If you can tweet that picture to us uh, You can find us AM Live on SAFM All one word uh, So that we can share that And retweet it with, uh, with our followers online And I'm sure they'd love to look at that But, you know, again What type of information? Is it just addresses? Uh, I mean, is it also surnames? Phone numbers? What, what information are we sharing online that, we should, that, that there should be a hard and fast rule About not sharing online? Just so that we can raise some awareness around this Well,
1: basically, um, interests can be used for profiling uh, in social engineering attacks. Again, if you understand what a person likes doing, it is much easier to basically like uh, interact and, and gain trust from that person. Uh, images can be used. Um, I mean, cyber bullying attacks is um, whereby you can actually uh, when you post a, a picture of yourself or about friends that can put them into a, a bad spot, basically. Um, so, images are definitely um, also something that can be used a, against people. Because, I mean, how many people go out and take pictures of themselves having a good time and post it on social media and the next day they either get fired or, you know, relationships break down or uh, things like that, basically. Mm.
0: Uh, Mr. Snell, I mean, that's interesting, sharing your interests, sharing pictures online, images of what you're doing. It seems kind of innocuous on, so, on some level. I mean, this is what we share almost willingly and is the only reason we, we go online, is the only reason we go onto Twitter, is to share those interests and pics. I mean, I would think, that, you know, the more secure information about my ID number, my passport, are things that I should be protecting. But things like interests, I mean, that seems to be the point of going online, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, well, you know, I always tell people that the online world is, is as realistic as the physical world. As much as they can steal your wallet out of your pocket, they can steal your money out of your electronic wallet. So, you know, in terms of of safety, uh, the the internet is as rough as as the actual world. You know, so what you do put out there on your Facebook, on your Instagrams, on uh, your MySpaces, and that, you know, it's it's at your own peril, it's your own risk. And and as my other colleagues have said now. You know, some of these criminals, actually, they go and profile you. Uh, they they actually go out of their way. They they track down what different types of social media accounts you have, and they collate that information and then use that information to commit cyber criminal activity.
0: Mm. Mr. Seller, uh, Vakman's attorney, um, Mr. Luxton, Dave Luxton, in, in a similar position to yours, said, you know, you really can't protect people from themselves, and especially you can't protect people from their own greed and foolishness. I mean, is that is that a fair accusation? Are people being foolish, I mean, sharing this type of information online?
3: Well, I'll put it to you like this. If, if, if all of a sudden you receive an email or an SMS telling you that you've won the lotto in a country that you don't know, uh, then it will be your own foolishness and greediness to go and try and pursue that because you know you didn't enter into any competition or anything. But with that having been said... Um, there are some other schemes which really look very genuine, you know. When they say, call this number, um, we have someone waiting for you, uh, and, and this is your reference. So, you know, you can't really differentiate between um, what may be criminal and, and what may not be criminal, you know. So one needs to be alert at all times.
0: Uh, Mr Swartz uh, you know, While we should be careful about the information That we share There's also very little security for us these days We don't really secure our f- mobile phones Or our laptops Or our iPads for example We do have some antivirus software Perhaps with the laptop or the computer at home But our mobile devices aren't very secure
2: I, I beg to differ. Really I do uh, There's plenty of products out there And uh, of course one of the biggest things out there Is uh, normal common sense mm. <laughs> Um, if you download applications from, you know, uh, let's put it to you this way. If you run, if you buy a stock standard phone from the shop and you basically run it, um, the chances of you having malware on that phone is, is very little. There has been instances, but it's very little. The problem comes in once people install applications, you know, randomly from untrusted sources. And that's where the real problem comes in. So it's not really that there's no security. There's plenty. We as people want the you know want the free game and we want the the little download that someone says is very cool but I have to root my phone and jump through hoops to do it. That's where the problem comes in.
0: So that's one of the activities that makes us vulnerable. We download content. I mean. And
2: stuff for free.
0: And, and how do we judge that content? Because, you know, I'm sure there's there's recommended places that we should be going to download, um, you know, applications. The Mining in Duba recently released an, an app for its three-day gathering. Now, how do we judge those apps, whether they contain malware? I mean, I'm sure KPMG, who put together the, the app, wouldn't have included malware. But, you know, it, uh, can we assume that, that unscrupulous individuals could have attached malware to it and we should have some sort of safety, uh, you know, antivirus software of sort.
2: Um, antivirus software is definitely not a bad idea. It does not catch everything. There's been plenty of critical reviews around it. Uh, I myself sometimes, you know, rant a bit about it. But the thing about it is, if you have nothing on, then the chance of you actually catching any, you know, catching anything before it infects you, you know, you, you open yourself up. In the case of say using KPMG's application, if it's distributed through the, you know, through the either the, the app, you know, the official app stores, then you know, Those app stores actually employ a lot of security trying to ensure that those apps are fine. And yes, there have been instances where you know, researchers have shown that the app store is not perfect, but it's far less than, say, you root your phone and you go download uh, free Angry Birds from somewhere else. Coincidentally, you heard about the Angry Birds being used to spy on people in America mm. because it was for free and people wanted it.
0: Well, Aubrey, perhaps you can expand on that for us?
1: Um, basically, I'm just going to add to your first question or your, your previous question. Um, a lot of people I don't think actually knows about how to secure the devices. Mm.
2: Um,
1: if you take, uh, I'm going to use just an example now. You know, A farmer using his cell phone wouldn't necessarily know what an a antivirus program is. Um, I just think that a lot of people are uneducated in terms of like in what needs to, to be done to actually make your your mobile devices you know secure, and that's where something like security awareness um, becomes then a really important factor, um, which is then used to make people aware of what mechanisms um, one can use to mitigate the threat that comes from um, this you know, from from mobile devices.
0: So Android and, and the iOS and iPhone are probably the, the most popular out there. Some users still using Blackberry, but what should they be downloading? What what apps could you recommend right now, uh Mr. Lebsgagney? Oh
1: well, basically I think if you go to Android's um, to the app store, um, you can go and go and download basically your uh, antivirus programs. They they should be available over there. Quite uh, there's quite a few. Um your your Apple devices are pretty secure out of the box. Um, there's not a lot of known malware. Keep it updated. Uh, that is out there, and then, um, like Ethan's basically said, it's like you know, if you make sure that your your device is updated um, uh, against latest, uh, you know, with the latest software, basically, then um, it also creates a security barrier barrier around your mobile devices.
0: Three four seven zero one. If you'd like to write in your SMSs, I will read them out right after your news headlines. Give us a call as well if you have any questions. Do you still want to know what cybercrime is? Well, it's uh, any sort of crime that's committed on a computer, on the internet. So, and uh, that includes uh, crimes of, you know, receiving those phishing messages on your cell phone. As Spiwa tells me, he receives uh, that UK lottery scam quite often. He wants to know from our guests what they can advise him to do. We keep on winning so many euros, he says, without even lifting a finger. Spiwa. Get that answer for you 34701 If you'd like to write in AM Live on SAFM Tweet Facebook And give us a call We'll take them right after this 891 It's your 830 News Headlines With Vubakshini Chati Listen out for Morning Talk coming up right after our show. Rowena Bird's going to tell us what's coming up.
4: Good morning, Darshan. Thank you very much. Coming up on Morning Talk uh, today, we're going to talk about the role of the press ombudsman in handling and settling disputes between newspapers, magazines and members of the public. We'll also explore the issues of press regulation in South Africa. And as always, we welcome your calls on zero eight nine one one zero four two zero seven 207 and SMSs on 34701. And then we'll talk about South Africa's biggest entrepreneurial Roadshow. It's called Think Beyond a Job. Create Your Own. Our guest will give us more insight as to how we create our own successful businesses or ventures. And later on, we'll put on uh, the spotlight and initiative of the World Economic Forum. It's called Global Shapers. The South African chapter seeks to motivate and mobilize young people to go out and vote in their numbers in this year's general elections. And finally, we're going to discuss a which will be hosted by the Department of Science and Technology in conjunction with the National Research Foundation and the International Institute for Applied Systems Analysis on Southern African Young Scientists Summer Program. And this is starting in Stellenbosch at the Stellenbosch University tomorrow. And that's the show for today. Thank you, Darshan. If you ask business owners what keeps them up at night, most will say cash flow. How do I grow my business when all my money is tied up and customers are taking forever to pay me? The answer is Nedbank. They are the experts in debtor management and can give you up to 80% of your debtor's book as cash. This means better cash flow for your business and fewer sleepless
0: nights for you. It's the kind of solution you'd expect from a partner that understands your business. Sign up for Nedbank's comprehensive business offering by visiting simplybiz.co.za and make cash flow happen. Nedbank is proud to vote small business. We are an authorized financial services and credit provider. Terms and conditions apply. Make things happen. Nedbank. What's the difference between a boardroom and a boldroom? In a boardroom, ideas are presented. In a boldroom, astonishing possibilities leap forward from the brave minds of those who are shaping the future. Cecil Nurse is not just providing furniture. It's providing possibilities with the widest range of business furniture in stock and ready to go. Visit cnonline.co.za. Cecil Nurse Business Furniture. Your office, delivered. A proudly bid best company.
4: The Forum at
0: 8 on SAFM. Asking the question, as our internet access increases, have we made ourselves more vulnerable to cyber attack? That's our question on the Forum at 8 this morning. You can engage with us and our guests on 0891-104208. SMS us right now, 34701, Twitter, Facebook, The Show, AM live on SAFM. You can also email us, live at safm.co.za. On the panel, joining me is Aubrey Labuskakni, a researcher at the Cyber Defense Group. Ignace Swart is at the CSIR and Cesar Snell, attorney and member of the National Cyber Security Advisory Council. Mr. Snell, there was a question from, um, who, who wrote in saying, you know these phishing scams are out there. We keep getting these SMSs uh, about you know the UK lottery that I've, I think I won 175 euros, uh, 75 thousand euros last week, but I didn't do anything about it. I never responded to the SMS. I never called. Is 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 that the right option, or should I have done something else?
3: Well, if you're calling the number, you're most likely gonna en- end up uh, you know getting into the web of of the criminal. So, you know, to ignore the SMS is not a bad thing, but it's not the same with emails. With emails, the moment you open the email, there might be some malware and you might already get infected. So, you know, there's not exactly a, a, a magic recipe to this. Um, one of the best things would be to maybe get some software that can deal with uh, this type of malware.
0: Ignis, I mean, is that a good suggestion? How, how should I deal with. Uh, you know, these potential threats? If I do receive something on my phone, in my email inbox, how should I respond to it? And I think what I think Spiwa is asking there is he wants to do something. He wants to report this to someone. He wants to have a hotline number or someone to to complain about and and not just sit there silently and say, oh, well, I'm one of the hundreds and thousands who've received this and simply go about his day. All
2: right. Uh, Unfortunately, the hotline number is still something that's being constructed as far as I know. Um, right now, the best you can do is simply ignore it. If you respond in any form or fashion, these people know there's a live person on the other side. It's a valid. You basically validate that the number or the email address that they are sending to is in fact, you know, connected. So best bit, don't answer at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in terms of trying to find out if it's a phishing email or not, please, you know, that that's something that's really, really important. Even big security, everyone always says that. Uh, Phishing just affects you, the normal guy, you know, you and me, everyone on street, basically just work out normal stuff. Big security corporations, uh, take RSA, I think they last year, they're a security firm, and you know those little keypads that you get that generate random numbers where mm-hmm. so you can only log in if you have the right number? Even they were vulnerable to phishing attacks, so it affects everyone. So really try to, if you can, just ignore it and as best as possible learn how to spot that phishing email.
0: Mr. Loboskaknyi, Ian wrote in a very similar question about the hotline number. He says, is there not an email address where we can report cybercrime, such as spam emails, I imagine phishing attacks, spam SMSs? Uh, I thought all cell phone providers have to uh, register our phones in terms of Rika. This means SMSs can be traced.
1: Well, basically, um, I know... Some like like Gmail for example. Uh, if you do find like an email that that cannot kind of look like suspicious, you, you have a functionality over there. that You can actually just report it as spam, which will then you know uh, the Gmail or Google people will then update their um, blacklist basically to actually you know help other people to if they find a similar email that they can get like a, a warning. Um, but that's Gmail basically. So they do have some features inside to actually just warn people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Something like VirusTotal is a is an application whereby if you see there's like a suspicious URL, I mean that's the link with inside the the email. Um, w- instead of like clicking on it, you you just copy the the URL and you like in um, paste into this application, which will then check if the if other people has also reported this as a a, a malicious type of link basically.
0: We've got some callers on the line who have some questions as well, and there's more questions that are coming in through on SMS and Twitter as well. Send those in, 34701, tweet or Facebook your questions, AM Live on SAFM. Karim, I'll get to yours shortly. Trevor's called in from Durban first. Trevor, good morning. Uh, hi there, how are you? I'm good, Trevor. I hear you're traveling. You're on your way to <laughs> Joburg this morning.
5: Yeah, I'm on my way back to Joburg from Durban. But I have a question for those intelligent guards over there, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to know, is a uh, email, well there's emails and adverts and everything going around, advertising data capturing online and then basically when you, when you inquire about it, then they tell you that they want to send you a manual for like 150 or 200 grand or whatever and then they'll send you the manual and then you can learn how to do the data capturing online. Basically, when you do that, they send you a manual explaining to you how to advertise online, basically, exactly how they advertise. Um, do you guys, does Omri, and them know about that?
0: Well, how did you hear about it, Trevor?
5: Online, eh? I actually inquired about it, and I actually deposited the 150 because I was very interested in looking for a job at that point in mm-hmm. time. But then I found out that it's just you advertising the same way that they did and trying to get money out of other people as well.
0: But did you call That's them back? Did, did you complain?
5: Um, you know what? They actually don't give you any telephone or cell phone numbers or anything. They say that because you know it's a new type of business, they don't use um, telephone lines and so on. They just use um, correspondence by email and so on. That's all that they use.
0: Trevor, can you so give us the the name of the company? Or, you know the website that you went to, so that we can refer this to our guests.
5: Uh, I'm not sure. It's difficult to tell because they've done it quite clever because there's not much detail of like, there's no specific... You know what? I just remembered what they call themselves in this market. They call themselves uh, online data capture. or something like that. That gmail.com. Now, obviously, when I see a gmail.com, I can see it's not an actual legitimate company or anything. Mm. Um, so, it, it really depends on how you want to structure your advert or how you want to make people see who you are, how you are, whatever. But basically, you're advertising online for a data capturing position, and then he fact it's just on how to advertise online, get other people to pay you for that manual to show them how to advertise online.
0: Trevor, thanks for that call there, Trevor. Oh, Trevor, yeah. appreciate that call. Safe travels on your way back to Joburg this morning. An interesting example, uh, Miss, Mr. Sale. Perhaps you can help us. I mean, is, is anything illegal in this? It, it, on the surface of it, it sounds like there's something there, but but is it illegal what they're doing?
3: Well, you know what what uh, the gentleman is just telling us of reminds me of that old scheme they used to put in the newspapers to say if you're looking for work, post us such an amount of money, and then they mm. end up posting you uh, directions on 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 how to basically bring the other people into a, a pyramid scheme, for instance. So, um, like I said, you know, cyber criminality just uses the online environment to do crimes that have always been there. You know. So this is, these are the types of schemes that have always been there. They're just now more sophisticated in the online world. And um, well, we with regards to if someone can do anything about it, um, there are, these people are very really smart. I mean, usually by the time you investigate them or, or by the time you like, report them, they're gone already. You know, So it, it's not very easy to catch these people.
0: Well, Mr. Lubberskackny, that's the problem. They're smart guys just like you, so we need smart people like you to catch them.
1: I would say that's also true, uh, but then also like uh, educating people, um, because I think money, everybody chasing money, is but is actually becoming becoming a problem, uh, of greed to a certain extent. Uh, the, the 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 attack basically, I won't call it attack, but the money making scheme that was just described uh, is basically just using the the digital platform to actually um, do this work, um, but. It can also be used then to collect a lot of info, you know information about people because you will have a lot of a database with a lot of information about certain people. So I mean, like if you take if you get 50 people and you take that information, you share this with the people upstream. Basically, they will have you know 5,000 people and 10,000 people, and nothing prevents those cyber criminals to use those email addresses or use those cell phones then actually to start targeting people.
0: Um, with other types of attacks, M- Mr. Swartz. I mean, uh, Trevor doesn't sound like someone who was who was out there just for for greed. He was on. Sound- he sounded like many other South Africans out there who was just desperate for a job. He wanted to work and earn an honest living and earn some money. He was. He's in the position of of some 25% of uh, the working population out there who no, want right. to have jobs. No, so c- can not we not, that's not that's shut down? Can we not shut down operations like this, which are just opportunistically, opportunistically and, and, and scheming to take people's money away?
2: But the problem is these thing as the law. Are these people doing something wrong? Hmm. Are they actually coercing someone to give away money and not delivering on what they promised? And in this case, it sounds like those people, look, I'm definitely not an attorney, but uh, I mean, it, it sounds like you got what you paid for. And, and it's a sad reality. And this is not new. This has been happening, well, as far as I know. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure if you ask your parents if they ever heard of something like this, then they're going to tell you yes. It used to happen in the newspapers. So why all of a sudden, because it's on the digital platform, is it now, you know, something that needs to be stopped all of a sudden?
0: Well, there's more questions that... More questions are coming on SMS unsigned. Please could your guests explain how the cybercrime individuals actually get your email addresses. I get spam every day from the FBI, United Nations, money to be moved from accounts in Nigeria, lottery winnings, uh, which I then delete, but would like to know how they get to me in the first place. Uh, Mr. Swart, perhaps you have an answer?
1: Okay, it's unfortunately one
2: of the sad realities of our country. Um, we never had any privacy laws, so there is... Uh if there was any security breaches, or no company was basically forced to keep your information private and it 's not just the company 's fault. I mean what do we do? We write our email addresses everywhere uh, if you go to, uh, if you go visit someone, you write them in a log book um, and the problem is I mean like you said, most of Africans are in a position where we need some extra money so if a security guard is paid five hundred grand for a book full of telephone numbers and addresses and everything that 's a lot of money for him so Everywhere you place your information, you need to be able to sort of feel that they can, you know, that you can trust them with your information.
0: Mr. Snell, we... The, the new privacy bill should address that. I was about to ask that. Mr. Snell, on these, on the new poppy laws and, and the new acts that we're trying to put in place to deal with cybercrime, we've got this National Cybersecurity Policy Framework, which actually set up the, the, the SA National um, you know, Security Incidents Response Team at the CSIR. We've got this National Cybersecurity Hub. What are we doing to prosecute and keep those behind bars who, who are engaging in illegal activities online?
3: Well, like, like you correctly said, we do have some novel laws uh, dealing with cybercrime, the ECT, and now poppy, specifically dealing with personal information. Um, I think the awareness issue is a big problem at this stage because uh, a lot of people simply don't know what their rights are. What is it that they can do and what they cannot do in terms of things that are acceptable? So um, you know, what what's very really important at this stage with with regards to personal information, I think it's vigilance, you know. Uh, as the other speaker just said,
0: now. Well, that's what that's what the public can do. The public can be vigilant. But what are we doing as a country to prosecute this? I, I, I said at the very beginning of this show that there were criticisms levels against South Africa la- towards the end of last year, saying our laws are paper thin, that we lack the muscle to prosecute and to to uh, to put behind bars those who are guilty of these type of crimes. What are we doing about that, Mr. Snell?
3: like I said earlier on, I think the issue is, is its capacity. You know, I, I, I don't think that all the necessary agencies that, that are supposed to be prosecuting and investigating these crimes, I don't think they have enough capacity. Oh,
0: do, they, do they even know how to prosecute it? Do the judges know how to deal with cybercrime cases? Do the prosecutors know how to deal with it? Do the police know how to investigate them?
3: Well, I can, I can tell you that uh, these prosecutors in South Africa are quite well informed about some of these matters. But sometimes, you know, you you walk into a police station, into a rural area, and you you, you speak to a policeman who has never, ever seen a computer in his life. (laughs) What are you expecting from from that person now, you know, to understand your case? So, so like I said, the issue here is more a capacity issue, you know. Uh, We do have structures within the police force that deal with cyber criminal investigations, but I don't think that it is enough
0: It's ten minutes to nine. We're back with five guests right after this. Stay tuned. Every day, millions of real people work hard to shape their futures. And we work hard to help make those futures real. At Real People, we provide responsible finance for you to build or improve your home, secure an education for your family, or grow your business. We help you manage your debt and meet your commitments on your journey to financial wellness and a sustainable future. Visit realpeoplegroup.co.za.
4: Real People, responsible finance, sustainable futures. Real People is an authorized financial services and credit provider. T and C's apply. The Department of Trade and Industry, Proudly South African, and Brand SA are calling for entries to the South African Premier Business Awards that will take place on the 19th of March, 2014. The awards recognize business excellence and honor enterprises that promote innovation, job creation, and good business ethics. For more information on the award categories and entry forms, visit www.sapremierbusinessawards.com.
2: The forum
1: at eight on S A F M.
0: Mister Labusakni, I got this SMS from Karim. He says, "If you have an older cell phone, not the latest, but you do have cell phone banking, you have a PIN number for it, uh, but you don't download as uh, many apps uh, that are out there. Is it safe to uh, to continue using your phone? And do you have to update your software?" Says Karim. Well, I will say definitely
1: um, yes. Um, up, up, up. Uh, what call it Up- updating all your software your mobile software is a very important thing um, with regards to to online banking um, if you use use the old 3 ten I think that's probably the best um, route to go because smartphones like i said um or that we've been discussing can actually use those as a tool to um, you know to 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 target people but we are moving into a more advanced uh, age so I would say you know educating people about the the, the tools that you've got available is going to be a very important thing Um, regardless if you use an older phone or a newer phone, it is about making informed decisions basically on how to use these devices um, for the better good.
0: Mr. Srot, another tweet here from Poor Sebashi saying, is there a way to trace the source or from which computer a scam is sent from? Um, Depends on
2: each case is different. it's, It's can be quite hard and sometimes we do assist to that. Um, how can I say this? This is sort of like, a, it's on a case by case basis. So sometimes you might be able to trace the person, and sometimes you might not be able to trace the person. It's not a it's not a defin- definitive answer. Mm,
0: a tough one, Mr. Snell. Here's uh, here's one for you. This comes in from um, it's just written, Sad Israel from Cape Town. He writes, uh, I'm a victim of a scam on Gumtree, three thousand rand by a so-called Mushoko company using a standard bank account, but the police cannot help. That's uh, Israel. I wish we had more details for for. Uh, for you there, but but that's all we have, Mr. Snell. Anything you can tell him?
3: Well, um, I would I would suggest if if the police doesn't help, um, there there the, the is like I said a cyber crime unit within the police services. Maybe one can try and and ask them. But also people like Gumtree, you know, the the people that make available these ads. You know, someone can try and, and maybe see where, where the person is who put up the ad. And if there is a bank involved, one can actually now approach a court of law and find out who is the owner of that bank account using a couple of court procedures. So it is possible to mm. get to these people.
0: Doesn't this really show then, Mr. Snell, I mean, if, if Israel, what he tells us is true, it does show that there's a lack of, of awareness, not just from the public, but from those who are meant to be protecting the public?
3: Yes, sure. Like I said, you know, awareness is, is key here. I mean, it's one thing to give people smartphones and tablets and all that, but it's another not to know how to use it, you know. It's that same analogy of giving someone a car without them knowing how to drive it. So that, that that's the problem that we have right now. Awareness is a big, big, big issue, and and, and people are just not careful enough to, to e- examine these schemes, you know, and Like you said, people are desperate. People want jobs. People are more than happy to send 150 rand or whatever in in, in the prospect of getting employment. Mm.
0: Let's wrap up with my guests. Uh, We've just got about five minutes or so to do that. Uh, Mr. Snell, I'll give you the first chance. And I'd like to... For, for us, in order to create awareness, just help us understand what we need to do to better protect ourselves. What, what would you put as your, your top picks of things that we need to do in, in order to protect our information and protect ourselves from, from cyber criminals?
3: Well, like I said, you know, the first thing is be careful what information you're putting out there, you know, whether it's social media or your, your work-related email address or your contact details. Um, There's also a couple of initiatives um, called the Internet Safety Campaign. Uh, They're they're based in Cape Town. They're also going around now trying to educate schools, um, teachers, pupils, and their parents on these dangers. So like, it's a a collective movement that needs to take place. It's a a mindset change that needs to take place.
0: Cesar Snell, thanks so much for joining us on the line. Mr. Labiskakneet, your final thoughts?
1: Well, I basically will say um, don't implicitly trust any person you contact or is contacting you on social media sites. Um, understand the platforms, uh, what they are used for, and understand understand the threats that um, that can actually come from these um, platforms. Uh, with regards to awareness, I would uh, I would say that it should actually start at, at school level. So, um, you know, when you go first at school because. The younger, the younger population is using mobile devices and these and, and digital devices much more than the, I won't say the older people, but the, the older population. And let's start looking at the, the grassroots, basically, and start educating there in terms of the threats. Um, and that will be my, Ignis my approach for today.
0: Thank you very much. Ignis Swart, your closing thoughts?
1: Um, I basically
2: send you a little, I, I tweeted you a picture there. And so the thing is just understand that you are valuable. You have resources and people want to use it. Now, as soon as you understand that you have something someone else wants, then you update. Just just start reading a bit. It's not that hard. Ask questions. People are generally more than welcome to you know more than more than happy to share their experiences with other people. Um, start reading a bit. It's it's really not that hard. And update everything.
0: Ignis Ward thanks so much for joining us, Senior Information Security Researcher at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. That's the CSIR. Aubrey Labuskakni is a researcher at the Cyber Defense Group. And Ciswe Snell, who joined us earlier as well, is from the law firm Ciswe Snell. And he talks to us in his capacity today, dealing more with cybercrime on a national level at the National Cyber Security Advisory Council. Thanks so much to our guests for joining us today. To you for your SMSs, your Facebook comments and your tweets, this morning. And thanks to Trevor for his phone call. Very interesting uh, one there. And I'm sure a number of you also, uh, you know, finding that these, uh, these opportunities are out there. Well, be circumspect about them. Ask the right questions and make sure you get the information before you deposit your money. 34701 if you'd like to as to follow any stories for you we can do that and also keep us abreast of uh, any forum topics that you'd like us to discuss thanks so much to the team who put together this program and Swaki Apiwa Hanono, Tracy Jake senior producer Aubrey Forum producers, Ronald Piri and Marumu Mukakana. Technical producer, Mark Prella. Specialist producer, Budzi Lakota. Executive producers, Busi Sibachani and Aubrey Serchi. I'm Dasha Mudli. Have a great day. I'm back with you tomorrow, 6 to 9 a.m. Stay tuned. Vibakshini Chetty has your 9 o'clock news right after this. Then it's over to Morning Talk with Rowena Bird. Stay tuned for Midday Live and PM Live coming up with Seppi Samakweta. From myself, Dasha Mudli, have a great afternoon. Be safe out there. Bye-bye.